Not. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. from work after a very stressful day. I didn't have time to eat. I had to put my chicken in a boiling pot of water. This is how we do it now. That just means you're going to have a nice, nice tender chicken once you're done recording. Nice, moist, not dried out like you have trouble with in other methods of cooking. Dude, let me tell you, man. Sous vide is the truth. It's the new hotness. We'll get to this, but you and Trevor came down to Eugene, played Smash Bros. We cooked some dankity dinners. Pretty nice. He brought his, his little, uh, a Nova circulator, and we just we just boiled up some fucking food, dude. Said it, and try not to forget it. I did yesterday. Uh, I actually, the chicken turned out great, but I fucking burnt the taters. I did the taters that we did, but I cut them thin, and I baked them for 20 minutes, and I think I just baked them a few minutes too long. Right. If you cut them thinner, then yeah. So next, I'll get it right next time. I'll get it right next time. So tonight, Sarah's doing some curry chicken, so I prepped that and threw that in, and she's curry with cauliflower it's gonna be weird i don't like vegetables yeah. is cauliflower a vegetable yes and it's fine cauliflower is great cauliflower is also kind of farty it's like broccoli but white cauliflower is really versatile you can do like mashed cauliflower it's instead of mashed potatoes it's less starchy mm. you can also do cauliflower rice as a substitute for rice for uh also a little bit less carbs one time i did i did banana pancakes right where you just it's just like a fucking nanner and like an egg i think was it an egg? I don't remember now. I think it was like a nanner and an egg, and you just bat, you know, mash it up and cook it up, and it's like it's fucking super sweet. Texture's a little weird, but I'm like, okay. Yeah, I mean, bananas have a lot of sugar in them. Probably better for you than the carbs and stuff. Different kind of carbs. The fructose as opposed to sucrose or whatever it is that fruits have instead of processed sugars. Right. Oh, naturally occurring sugar is is actually... I mean, your body requires it. Obviously not an American diet because everything we eat turns to fucking sugar and is loaded with artificial sugar. But yeah, you fucking banana in the morning, I'm going to kill you, you know? You'll be fine. Yeah, you're right. fine. You're fine. You're just eating one banana pancake though? Come on. I'm eating like six bananas at a time. You know, it's ridiculous. Got Donkey Kong over here. Ah, oh, man. So this is the Consequence podcast. We just fucking rolled into that. The, the lazy... You know, nonchalant intros have just devolved. Well, it doesn't help that we didn't record last week, so we've completely forgotten how to podcast. Also, I don't know if we've ever been in the swing of things. Like, we recorded pretty much, like, weekly. We got it done. We did it. For, like, 20 but weeks but or were something. We ever, did we ever have any skills to lose? Like, what was at stake here? I'm, I'm talking personally. You're always the you're always gung-ho and got the energy, you got the power, you got the, the hosting skills, and I'm just sitting here mumbling like an idiot. Wake you make me sound good. I didn't peek oh. on that. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> I think you did something because you like ducked out at the very end of that <laughs> sustained level. Discord was like, me. nope. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. This Discord has built-in gamer rage functions. So when someone's having a fit on the other end, their boys don't have to listen to them. A heated gamer moment, as it were. Yeah. Anyway, Constant Crusade podcast. We're here. We're talking video games, retro video games on the rare occasion. I am EJ Olson. This is Nick Durheim. Nick, tell them where they can find us so we can get that out of the way and start talking shit. You can find our Twitter at console underscore crusade. You can follow EJ at EJ Gold. You can follow me at Crash Till Death. You can email us at feedback at consolecrusade.com. It's our website. We got a website. It's got all of our feed. It's got our episodes. You can go back and listen to episode one we posted (sighs) two years ago or whatever. We've been doing this for two years, my guy. Think about that. Two years, man. When we started this, 
We were just a couple of chuckleheads. You had pizza in the basement. Yeah, young, dumb, and full of yum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, interesting, interesting the way things have gone, my friend. And here we are on the cusp of episode 50. Now, what is this, 46? Is this 46? Yeah. 46, okay. We're not going to hit 50 by the new year. Guys, forgive us. We we broke our streak of consecutive episodes because it's the holidays and things are crazy and lazy. And so I don't know. I'm not going to commit to recording every week through the, the new year. We might. We might not. But we will be back guaranteed regular Wednesdays again at the start of the year. Yeah, if y'all are lucky, you might get an episode next week. Maybe we can drag Andrew Chavez back and we can talk about what games we're stoked for next year. That's been something we've been kind of kicking around. Oh, that, absolutely. That just depends on schedules and everyone's got to move around. They got stuff juggling for the holidays, so it can be really tricky. I am back from the 20th Thursday until I'll probably go back to Eugene on the 30th, so I'll be back for 10 days. Yeah, and I'll be off for a couple weeks, but as we've noticed in the past, it's very hard for us to actually get a recording done and out in person. It's the rare occasion. I feel like if it was just you and I, like if it was just you that had come to Eugene, we would have probably done it because it's easier to get two mics and two people to sit down in the living room or the office or whatever. But when you have, it's always, when we're together, there's always a third or fourth person and that is really hard to make happen. Right. And since we're just hanging out and a podcast is how we hang out distantly, if we're just hanging out in person, we'd rather just like play a video game or eat some food or cook some food to eat later. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nap on the couch while we watch the fourth movie of the day. Yeah, if we had better microphones, we could just mic the room and just hang out and that could be the podcast, as awful as that would be. (laughs) There was a ubery-goobery spider on my desk. (laughs) Boy, why are you here? Relocate the boy. He's doing you a service by keeping flies and small bugs. Uh, he's out a of weird little room. white, bu- uh, little white bugger. He's not like a, a cool guy who does cool things. I don't think. Well, I'm sorry for your uh, <laughs> your problem. Check it out. Stick to your guns, dude. Stick to these guns, you little spidery bastard. Oh, oh, he's so goopy. Oh, you popped them. Uh, oh, I do not approve of this spider violence. Speaking of spider violence. Before we get onto the the topic of the day, which will be game awards and uh, wrapping up what what all got announced there and who won the predictions, I was going to ask you if you'd played the second uh, Spider Man DLC and if you were ready for the next one that's coming out on the twenty first. I played a few missions, but just didn't have as much time. What with Smash Bros. and and uh, and whatnot, so. Yeah, I got to get to it because I really want to play the third one and see how that first arc wraps up. Because I heard that the second installment does not answer any questions from the first, which is super disappointing, which is kind of why I kind of lost motivation because I just want to see how that story wraps up and how those characters come together. And if it does come together with Black Cat and maybe get a little little more Miles Morales. Honestly, if the third one doesn't really follow through with what the first one set up, that's really going to taint the experience in general. Oh, I feel yeah. like just from your reaction, you're excited, but you're excited looking forward. But now if it doesn't wrap up, it's going to be like, well, they asked so many questions that they didn't have answers for. And now I'm just mad. Yeah. Thanks, JJ. <laughs> thanks a lot. Oh, don't get me started on Star Wars, man. I just watched yeah, I Star saw Wars. you tweet oh. about that earlier. <laughs> you know, when I first saw the movie, I came out of it being oh, like, no. I, I, <laughs> I really enjoyed Buckle it. Buckle up, everybody. <laughs> I enjoyed the experience much more than I did The Force Awakens. Force Awakens was a real slog. I had to convince myself that I liked it. And I liked the- It was a riskier movie. It was very risky, and like that's that's there's an argument to be made if you think it was good because it was risky. 
I don't think that's true at all. A lot of shit takes risks and a lot of shit fails because they took risks. You don't get brownie points, Nick, for fucking taking a risk. You know what I mean? You could jump off a fucking bridge and hope you don't die, but you, I, what a dumb risk. That's, that, was a, that was a bad risk. Sometimes it's yeah. easier to play it safe and just stay on the bridge. So anyway, we're, I'm not talking Star Wars. Game Awards and Smash Bros. That's what we're talking today. We're following up on Game Awards, Nick, because we did our pod, we did our predictions, and then we got together, we watched the Game Awards, which I had a lot better of a time watching them with you than I would have if I was just watching the Game Awards. Exactly, yeah. That's why I wanted you over, because I knew it was going to go way too long, and there was going to be a lot of downtime, a lot of commercials. It's like watching the Super Bowl. You don't want to watch the Super Bowl by yourself. It's just another football game. Like This is just another series of commercials, but it's uh, a long series of commercials that's better having a conversation with your bud there. Yeah. So you hit me up. You're like, all right, Game Awards, my house. I say, okay, I'll grab dinner because you'll just be waking up, I'm sure. So I'll just swoop some food. I'll come over. I look it up and I'm like, oh shit, the Game Awards are at 5.30 or is it 6.30? Well, it started at 6, but they had a pre-show at 5.30. Whatever that means, just started at 5.30. It means nothing. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? It's the, it's the same show. This isn't E3 or whatever. They literally announced, they had game announcements, they had award announcements, and a bunch of weird commercials. It was like, it literally was just part of the show. Right. Just more Jeff Keighley being a weird man. Trying to fit your award show into the mold of other shows i guess yeah maybe that's that's pretty much all it is so so anyway i'm looking at my clock and it's like five after five and i'm at my parents place and i say oh nick is not responding to me fuck it i'm just gonna go pick up food and show up and hope to god that he hears me when i bang on his door uh and and hope a he wakes up and b when he does he's not pissed off that was not out of the realm of possibility that you come to the door like what what the fuck asshole like I was asleep. It was a slighter chance because I did. I, I was expecting you and I was expecting myself to have been awake at that point. I was foolish enough to not set an alarm. Yeah, that's crazy. What are you doing? Prior days, I've been waking up at, you know, 3 p.m., 4 p.m. I was good. I was like on a schedule. And then the one day I don't wake up at that time. I get to wake up to your beautiful face holding oh. a stack of food coming to me, like feeding me. But I, 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 I remember seeing you. And you look so pleasant, like you weren't grouchy or grumpy, but you were definitely in a stupor. Oh yeah, I don't think you had you had really quite acclimated to the the idea of me being at your door. Like you're like it was some fever dream. You're like weren't quite sure, dude. I wasn't even ready for me to be like vertical. <laughs> I know that's the quickest you've gotten up in months. It was a completely foreign idea just to be ambulating around, you know. <laughs> but hey, man, you took a wicked leak. And then you came and you ate some Thai food, which I bought for you as per the rules of our bet regarding the game. Well, you bought it with the idea of if Nick wins, then we're good. Or if you win, I just cash app you yeah. 24 bucks or whatever it turns out being. And of course, in typical Concert Crusade fashion, you whooped my fucking ass. Which honestly, I was not expecting to win by such a landslide considering how close we were last year. But last year, we were just taking random stabs at categories we had no business even commenting on. Right. So I think this year, we just had a more we had a more educated kind of appraisal of a lot of these categories. And yeah. some of them, you know, we actually had hands-on experience with because we're just a couple of plebs. We're not getting free games from companies or anything. We right. don't have the listener base for that. If you want us to grow, you know, tell your friends, follow us at console underscore crusade on Twitter. What we're saying is we want free things and only you can make that happen. <laughs> Well, free things would make it easier for us to commentate on the thing. 
This is true. (laughs) (laughs) That is accurate, my friend. All right, so, Nick, Game Awards. I want to get into some of the announcements, obviously. I want to get into some of the moments. Uh, This, I think, this year featured the least cringe, right? There's only one moment that I'm, like, really glad I wasn't in the room for. I was on the toilet for that one. Thank goodness. What are, you ta- are you talking about the the musical performance or no no the furry dude he's like hi mom oh okay okay yeah Sonic Fox yeah he's he's a he's a kook hey mom I made it I said aren't you proud of me mom <laughs> this fucking furry up on stage uh, getting this weird accolade for you know video games good for him man he's proud of what he what he is what he's into I saw a lot of angry people not really super angry but you know just the the kind of angry people on Twitter that are talking about like. Oh man, yeah, he was being really exclusionary by saying that he's a gay black furry and he's everything that Republicans hate. He's like, you're really just like casting a aspergement on Republicans by just saying that. It's like, well, fucking whatever. Who gives a shit? Republicans themselves want to be shitheads. A lot of them are just ignorant. Politics for our generation really comes on the social issues. And I feel like nine times out of 10, it's like Republicans are just wrong about social things. I think conservatives have a lot right in a lot of other ways. Which is why I probably identify as, as cl- much closer to, to middle than than left, but politics is social issues. Yeah, and it's just a bunch of fake terms to try and categorize people because humans like to have things in nice little genres, nice little categories, neat little boxes that you can file away. Makes it easier to make judgments. Listen, if I can't compartmentalize my peers, what are we even doing? I know, I know, right? It's fucked up. Yeah, so I, that, that was the only moment of the Game Awards that really... You know, I watched that. I watched that video later, and it was like I was skipping through fifteen seconds at a time because I was like, "Bro, he went on for so long." And it's a bummer too because there was only like how many awards actually got people coming up and like do a little do a little speech. And for each one, I saw pictures from like people in the crowd taking pictures of the monitors in the back saying, "Please hurry up!" And then later, get off the stage. Pretty much, like it was just like, oh, "Hurry God. up, wrap it up," you know. Yeah, nobody. <laughs> so that's a bummer. Nobody there really wanted to be there. They all wanted to go party afterward with their gamer, yeah, celebrity friends. It's a weird balance because you know you're doing an awards show, but it's sponsored, so there's all these advertisements. It's the only way you can get a show of this kind of size and glam, which I don't know if that's even necessary, but it's what Jeff Keighley wants. So it's kind of a a weird split where, yeah, you want to have more people come up and. You have those moments where you see developers cry on stage and it's like, oh, it's cool. You know, right. we got this guy, a cool statue. But then we have to show this ad for th- th- some Destiny expansion or whatever. It's like, it's very weird. It's never going to be like the Oscars if you keep showing ads, which I don't know if we even want something like the Oscars because I've never watched the Oscars. That's not something that interests me. And I don't know if I would watch the Oscars for video games. This is more like the MTV, like Choice Awards or whatever. Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards. <laughs> Well, I would I would say that this is uh, much closer to the Oscars than they've gotten in previous years. It's very much follows the format. Just again, like you said, more commercials. I just wonder if it's if the Oscars are more analogous to like the Dice Awards, where it's actually industry people, not the like commentators and critics that are giving the awards. Well, the 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 Academy. It's a very nebulous process. It's very. No one knows who and what and where and how they decide on the thing. So it's kind of. It's like shadowy cabal just like raining praise on certain movies for unknown reasons. Yeah, that, is, that doesn't seem sketchy at all. But it's like, is it is it industry people? Is is it producers? And that well, that seems like a conflict of interest. Is it critics? Is it like who who are these people? Maybe there's an answer out there. I don't know enough about it, but it always seems like you said a very 
Shiedui process. Yeah, I've never heard anything about who is actually in the academy for the film industry or whatever that's that's going on there. Nobody even knows who actually works at the the ESA or the ESRB. Who's who's on the ratings boards for video games? Even oh, you want to talk Nobody about knows. Nebulous? Yeah, that's literally yeah. pay us so we can put a put a letter on your game so you can sell it on the platforms. Okay, yeah. but we can't say that loot boxes affect a game's rating because it's not gambling. You always get something. Is that all it takes to not be considered gambling? I think it depends on the legal definition of gambling versus like the nomenclature of you and me talking about what a randomized purchase is. <laughs> Good point. I, yeah, I don't know what the is. buying a is. pack of magic cards gambling? Kind of? No. You're always getting 15 cards. You're getting one rare, three uncommons, and, you know, the rest commons. It becomes gambling because, you know, there's this unspoken promise of, of extreme value on the back end. But the thing is... The difference between magic cards and a loot box in a video game is magic cards have a resale value. You can't resell packs you get from a, a loot box unless you're Valve on your own storefront. Say, you can. If you completely vertically, vertically integrate your loot boxes and then have a secondary marketplace that you're getting a cut from like Valve does with all their games, then yeah, sure. That's in the clear. They don't have to ESRB rate their games because they're the ones selling it. How crazy is that, dude? It's very weird. What a fucking racket. Yeah, but everyone loves to just look at EA because they put loot boxes in my Star Star Wars game. Even though the Star Wars game wouldn't be better without the loot boxes, it would just be as mediocre. But everyone loves to have a, a horse to beat. Exactly. That's exactly it. People would rather be disappointed with the game because some big evil corporation is taking advantage of them and not just be disappointed with the game because someone made a bad game. That's a lot worse for someone who is invested. It's a lot easier to be mad at a real tangible thing than just to be like, wow, I'm disappointed and this sucks and that sucks because I was... Again, I was so invested in it. There's something, it's like my happiness and my my own value is somehow tied to the, it's, it's stupid. We've talked about that too. Hype is weird, man. Let's just hope that Respawn Star Wars game turns out good. It's not. Like um, EA You is, can be hopeful that it's good. I mean, one, Star, Titanfall 1 and 2, the only two games Respawn has made, were both really good. Titanfall 2 is really good. DICE has made bad games in the past. Motive that was like a, kind of gun for hire for that i think uh, they've never made a game they've only ever done support work so you can't blame them for the story i don't even know how much they did on the story i, I don't know anything about it i didn't play it and then what the other criterion they did the they always work on like the vehicle stuff and ea games because they are the vehicle company they do like need for speed and everything like that so they worked on like the control of like the starfighters and stuff but that was a dice game dice has made bad games yeah it happens oh well, anyway, Nick, let's let's quickly go through our game of the year, the category, the winners. Briefly, kind of touch, you know, our thoughts on some of this, and then we'll kind of go through some of the games. What excited us? What didn't? I'm just gonna go in order here that we have it listed here that we uh, went over on the podcast a couple weeks ago. Yeah, because they largely went in reverse order. They ended with game of the year, obviously. So, uh, game of the year, Nick. We both chose God of War. Bum, 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 bum. Which, okay, yeah, we, we... And it was God of War. Yeah, we, we expected that. <laughs> we expected that, but earlier in the evening, there was a lot of Red Dead. Too much Red Dead. There was way too... For a game that is, again, like I said on the last pod, no one comes out and says, wow, what an amazing game. It is just loads of people reluctantly trying to convince themselves that something they were so invested in for for eight years, right? post Red Dead 1, like they're so invested in this being good that it's everyone just be like, yeah, well, it's not fun or good or exciting, but wow. Oh, 
you know? Yeah. It's really interesting and entertaining listening to people talk about Red Dead when one person likes it and another one doesn't because the one person who doesn't like it would be like, yeah, I didn't like that how slow it was and how badly it controlled not this, that, the other. And the person who liked it is like, yeah, you're totally right. But I still liked it. Yeah. And it's like, well, okay. So clearly you're just, you like it for a completely untouchable, ethereal kind of feeling that it gave you, I right. guess, right. which is fine. I mean, you can't, I mean, liking something is clearly subjective. People like tons of bad stuff. People like Star Wars, The Last Jedi, but bad movie. it's still entertaining hearing that conversation. And I thought that because of how divisive it was, in general that it would not win as many awards as it did but maybe it just everything else was just so split amongst themselves that red dead was like they just they had so many people in that camp that it took a bunch of awards it, it comes down to I, mean, I think recency bias how many awards did it win it had uh the best performance which is like another thing like since neither of us really played it we didn't experience so much of that performance we can't really speak about whether or not that we've we would think that it was better than so it won four. Just Kratos or Ear Lowenthal's Spider-Man. Yeah, it got best music. It got best... Uh, we got best music? Do we even put that on here? Yeah, I think I got best uh, soundtrack or music. Did it get best sound design too? It won sound design, soundtrack, narrative, and performance. Okay. I, that's recency bias, man. I just I can't believe that it, it took home some of those awards, especially over the competition. Like that's that's crazy to me. And like we both agreed on, I don't think Spider-Man got a single award. I chose it for action adventure. And I also yeah. gave it to Yuri for best performance, but yeah, outside yeah. of that, it, uh, which is a bummer, man. At the end of the day, they also sold the most copies, made the most money, and are going into their sequel with a pocket full of cash doing whatever the fuck they want to do. Actually, it didn't sell the most copies because Red Dead, I believe, has outsold Spider-Man. Has it really? As the year goes, I think that uh, Call of Duty has the most sales, followed by Red Dead, and then followed by, gosh, I think Far Cry 5 has sold more also. Then Spider-Man? Part of this is also, yeah, the, the multi-plat titles, are, you know, will probably inevitably sell more. But but I think even the PS4 exclusive like sales list, I don't think Spider-Man's at the top. It's like second or third. Oh God, Uncharted Four, Horizon, God of War. Oh, if you're looking at lifetime sales, then yeah, then Uncharted sold the best on the console. They had a bundle for it that okay. uh, pushed quite a few. So I think Uncharted's what like 20 million sales. I don't know if they actually give out numbers for their no. worldwide. 8.7. like NPD. 8.7. But this is probably only physical sales, right? Depends. Actually, I don't know. 8.7. Horizon it's was 7.6. I'm shocked Spider-Man only sold 3.3. That's shocked. Uh, when me. was this? When were these numbers posted? Because that came out in September. So if it was just like end of the month, then it's probably sold more since then, especially with Black Friday and everything. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm sure by the end of the year, we'll see numbers of like, hey, everybody, thanks for making 2018 such a good year for Insomniac Studios. Thanks for the 7 million sales and Spider-Man or whatever. Yeah. Know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, God of War, I think game of the year, it was just nobody could look at any ingredient, right? Any individual element of that game and say that's better than, and then say it's better than all of the competition. Like there was no, I think, single element that was better than the competition, but combined mixed with the, the the critic consensus and like the zeitgeist of it being this amazing return to form. It was like, oh, it's The Last of Us with this big bearded man. Yeah, it's tough to kind of gauge these games. I mean, it's hard enough to review a game and rate a game because what do you, what's the metric? What's the rubric? I mean, it, it's a constantly moving scale, especially genre to genre. Mm-hmm. So I firmly believe that games are more than the sum of their parts. Everything's more than the sum of its parts. You can like a movie, even though it has a really bad middle act you know yeah or you didn't like a certain actor or the sound design is kind of poor 
you can still like the whole thing and you're not like starting at 10 and subtracting be- for each thing you didn't like right or not starting at five and adding and subtracting like it, it's, that's that's not that's not how it works so i think god of war just the sum of its parts the pacing the the length the overarching sort of experience was more widely enjoyed than spider-man or red dead redemption or sure. assassin's creed or celeste or whatever i wonder if spider-man was as good as it was but just got really dark right like how much well that would piss people like fans off would have pissed people off because that's not spider-man but i just feel like these games the more fucking morose well that's art in general like when was the last time a comedy won best picture at the oscars you know it's always some like moody drama people like think that's more important it's more heavy dude that's what it is it's it's a bias not not because a good comedy can often be better than a good drama or or whatever the case may be. It's because it, for some reason comedy is looked at as cheap. That's why Mario Odyssey should have won Game of the Year last year. Wow. There was no story at all. It was just fun. It was just fine. It was just fun. But certainly not the best Mario game or it had come close to it. What other Mario games came out in 2017, my guy? Come on. I mean, I just, talking I'm talking about? about in general. Oh, so it has to be the best Mario game ever to win Game of the Year. I hear you. Yeah. God. Yeah. So... Who gave Mario Maker 2015 game of the year? I'll tell you who. Nobody. <laughs> That's not the best Mario game. What are you? It's smoking? like the the pinnacle of Mario games. It's every Mario game you want it to be. I don't. I don't know enough here, Nick. So what's the best Mario game, EJ? Let's let's go down this rabbit hole. Well, the best Mario game is obviously Super Mario World, but the most fun I've probably had playing Mario game was Super Mario 3D World, which is a criminally underrated game that nobody played. It's true, but it also had a pacing problem where it was has the same pacing problem that every other um, multiplayer Mario game has had, where it's easy forever until you beat the game, and then if you want to, you can do the hard stuff. Mario Odyssey also had this problem, but because it was in 3D environment, you could make it as hard as you wanted to. You could play around more in the world, as opposed to Mario 3D World, where it was just like, if okay, I guess if I want to make it hard, I'll just play a small Mario the entire time and never pick up a, a item or whatever, but that's like, not very entertaining. You don't have the move set like requisite to be truly entertained by moving around in that space. But I'm also okay with the game doing whatever they want to the difficulty once the game is over. It was an easy game for babbies. Well, yeah, but sometimes games will do it to you where just like halfway through, they're just like, hey, fuck you. Maybe that's why Spider-Man didn't get game of the year. Too easy. Compared to what? Everything else. <laughs> Compared to what? How are you doing in God of War? It's not because the game is difficult it, on any level. It's tedious and obnoxious. Red Dead Redemption's hard to sit through. People like to be challenged. And if it's by boredom or by difficulty. I was going to say. <laughs> or by just complete obfuscation of its controls. People like that difficulty. It makes them feel like they're being challenged, EJ. People are dumb. You know what? I've come to realize that we're spoiled in the fact that we can. We're, we're, we're not rich by any means, but we can pretty much buy whatever game we want and play whatever we want. And it's not like. Some people only can play one or two games a year. Games also have like wide. I think the best value for like the amount of entertainment you get out of a game and the hours of entertainment you get out of a game compared to its dollar value. Sure. Games are the best entertainment medium for that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. But this is why this is why my girlfriend's brother is like Assassin's Creed is the best game franchise ever. It's because it's the only fucking franchise he's played. And he's played them all 900 times because he gets one a year and plays it all year. He beats it over and over and over. And it's like, bro, you're a 23-year-old ass, grown-ass man. Go buy a new fucking game. There are so many people who like, their only game purchase this year was Red Dead Redemption. 
And so they're like, this is the best game ever. You can understand that. To a point. Hey, hey, what do you watch on Netflix? Hey, fuck off about my office habits, okay? And Parks and Rec. Nah, I don't fuck with Parks and That's Rec. That's mostly Sarah. Yeah, I gave you up You watch The shit. Flash, you watch Oh, I office. love The Flash. Ooh. It's just comfort food. It's garbage that you could have on and you can zone out to. Yeah. Assassin's Creed. All right, all right. Anyway, sorry, Chris, if you ever listen to this. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, got a war game of the year. Great. That that I'm I'm fine with that. I'm fine with it. The 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 reception was great. People loved it. I'm not going to argue with it, even though it didn't grasp me. Like I'm almost glad that it won this broad award than one of the individual awards. It won only game of the year and best action adventure. Yeah, I believe so. Ah, that should have gone to Spider-Man. Did bro. they get best direction or was that also Red Dead? Best game direction was also God of War. I'm looking at best okay. art direction. So I think that was the one that uh, Corey came up and accepted the award for first. And then later they had the whole team come up for be- uh, game of the year. Yeah. He got all choked up and kept, oh, son of a bitch. Yeah, he's oh, son of a bitch. Yeah, I like him a lot. He's nice. Yeah. Uh, best ongoing game, Fortnite. We both got that right, of course. It's fucking Fortnite. Yep. Whatever. A lot of epic games announcements. Throughout the entire show. This whole fucking thing was sponsored by Epic. Yeah. I mean, they wanted to make a big splash. They wanted to just sort of slam their dick on the table and be like, yo, what up, Steam? What are you going to do about it? We're going to steal all of your developers and all of your people publishing games on your platform. And you're going to do nothing because y'all are slow on the feet. But a pebble in a bucket, my friend. Pebble in the bucket. But I mean, we'll see. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people go exclusively on one platform or another, you know, just to be like. Steam isn't doing anything for us. People can just download the, the Epic Launcher. It doesn't matter. You have a PC already. It doesn't matter. If you uh, want to buy the game, you're going to buy the game regardless of the platform it's on. Yeah, fair. Best game direction we just we just said was was God of War. I picked Red Dead thinking this was the one that Red Dead could win because its best game direction is nebulous enough and Red Dead was not good in a lot of ways. So it's like, ah, but it was well directed because the story and the look at how beautiful it is. Ah. And I, I just believed in that one shot, that one take. That camera thing was really cool. Uh, yeah, no, and, and well, you were right, and that was really cool. Uh, and so yeah, God of War took it, and that's I'm also fine with that. You know, I picked Red Dead, but who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck, man? Best narrative, I picked Detroit, which is in retrospect very silly. You won with Red Dead Redemption. One of the few ones I picked for Red Dead, and it actually panned out. I got got the the fruits of my labor were rewarded, right? <laughs> Detroit though was so well received. Like I think it was well received by a few people for like a month, and then the real game started coming out because it was in a lull. Yeah, that's the thing is it it came out at a bad time and not a lot of people played it. But again, the people who were voting on these games theoretically probably played them all or close to it. You're not. It's not like they're asking me who I think best narrative goes to. Uh, I don't fucking know. Like they're asking professionals who consume this content. Constantly, year-round. You're giving these professionals way too much credit. These professionals Fair. are about as qualified as you as you or me. They've just been doing it for money. But they're playing the games, though. If I, if I was getting paid, I'd play all these games. For better or for well, worse. Well, yeah, I mean, you'd be getting paid, and if it was your job, then yeah. yeah, of course. But they're just as qualified on a skill basis, and you can listen and pay attention to the outlets and sort of gauge what the reception was and sort of think, oh, it's not going to be Detroit. Too many bad stories about Quantum. It was Quantic Dream. Yeah, Quantic, Quantic Dream this Dream. year. Like, no, no one's going to want to reward that team. <laughs> <sighs> Fair. Uh, I don't know anything with the narrative for Red Dead other than you're a dude, you're a cowboy man. and Cowboy it, stuff. It's a prequel. Yeah. You know what's cooler than a story about a guy who you really like? A story that happens before the guy, but not about the guy that you really liked. 
Are you telling me that you like the Star Wars prequels? But he's there. You like Darth Vader? How about Darth Vader when he was a little kid? Yippee. <laughs> That's so wizard, EJ. Now this is pod racing. Sorry, I fucked up. No, oh, this, this is, is podcasting. podcasting. Damn it, man. I fucked that up so hard. I had it. As soon as I said it, I was like, fuck. Dude, if you're going to mess up a perfectly good pun, I will squash you to the punchline. <laughs> uh, All right, keep going. Yippee. Uh, <laughs> that's so wizard. Why is that the quote that you know? I'll try spitting. That's a good trick. That's a good trick. Uh, listen, I still contend <laughs> that The Phantom Menace is the most like a Star Wars movie. Anakin's annoying, Jar Jar's annoying, but as far as the pacing, the structure, the characterization, the action, it is the most like Star Wars, and I don't know why it's the most panned of the bunch. Yeah, and like Revenge of the Sith was way too dark and brooding without feeling like it was like earned almost, it kind of rushed to the end there. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Attack of the Clones meandered forever. Clones was bad. Clones was very, very bad. People think Sith is the best one. For this reason or that. I think Sith but. has like the most tolerable scenes. It's it's still but a fun Phantom romp. Menace has like a has a good start and a good end. And it is it's trash in the middle. Nothing good happens there. It's the beginning that starts off really slow. It's like, okay, we got guys with lightsaber and then nothing happens until closer to the middle when they, they make their escape and the pod racing was cool and then obviously the fight at the end. I thought the scene of them cha- uh, escaping like the locked chambers was like Kind of a cool, like tense kind of scene, I guess. But then the only thing I, I really remember was the end fight between Qui Gon, Obi Wan, and Darth Maul. Yeah, yay, Star Wars. No Star Wars games on this fucking list. Nope, none of them came out this year. So, <laughs> best art direction. You picked Red Dead. I picked Octopath. Return of Obra Dinn one, and I didn't give a shit initially, but I just looked up this game. I looked at screenshots. I looked at a couple of YouTube clips. <sighs> Why? Do people automatically associate games that try to look old and shitty with having good art direction? I don't know. You picked Octopath Traveler. Octopath Traveler had really beautiful freaking hand-done sprites, bro. Gorgeous. Like, just because it had... Like, like Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight is a pretty game. It's taking this aesthetic and perfecting it and creating something that's still unique to that game. And... I wouldn't say that I had the best art direction of any given year, but just it did what it wanted to do well, and that's fine. And I'm sure Return of Obra Dinn is the same. People like that aesthetic, and they maybe it was difficult to do, and it was, you know, some fucking auteur was like, I'm going to do this, and it's going to be cool. Sure. But to say that in any fucking world looks or feels better than any other game on this list is fucking stupid. And so that's why people were just like, oh, this is the most different. This is the most quote-unquote unique. I think it gets uh, extra brownie points too because it was like one guy who made the game and people like the previous game so they're more invested in checking out this one. Whatever. So I think that kind of that uh, colors people's perspective on it. Yeah. And it is a visually distinct looking game. I mean as kind of easy and like not uh, because like you said it looks old and shitty because it's literally just two colors. It's like an old like Mac Macintosh like 8.1 game you know and but everything is like rendered so it's like rendered and then shown in this crappy way it's sort of how cell shading takes like a render and then puts like the that kind of lighting to it it's similar in that respect but I guess nobody else has done this you say oh yeah I could do that but nobody else did 
But so because I guess it doesn't look good. Points. Like why? Why is that best art direction? Like it looked like shit, and it was worse. It's subjective. Looked, listen, some people probably think it does look good. I don't know, Nick. Please. Clearly enough, people thought it looked good enough to win best art direction. Nick, You're the outlier here. I can love Croc Legend of the Gobos. All right, that's subjective. I love that game, but objectively, it's fucking trash. There's no room for debate. You can't make the argument that Croc is better than Mario 64 or better than Spyro. I don't know. I feel like you probably would. Taste is subjective. That obstinate. No. I can I can be objective and be like, you know, like that's this thing is not great. This other, or this other thing is better. Like the thing is when you're voting for something, you're the one that's deciding whether something is better than another thing. You're not trying to think, okay, what is objectively better? You're saying, what do I think is better? Nobody, nobody, a played Return of Oberdin. Nobody thought that game was. It was just the fucking weird pick. I don't know, man. Not about it. Not about it. That's totally fine. That's the only game on this list that really made me scratch my head. It's totally fine. I'm just trying to explain to you. I think what the the reasoning behind it was. I, I don't. I don't need Perhaps. reasoning. It's. I, I get. There's a reason for everything. I still think it's stupid. It's just like I love. Okay, I need to send you a comic sometime, but. It's just reminding me of this moment right now, but I don't want to derail. So keep going. Okay. All right. Uh, best soundtrack. You picked Celeste. I picked Octopath. Red Dead 1. Apparently people like strings occasionally. Like, again, how did this fucking win? Yeah. And they did like a live performance and it was like, maybe this would be more impactful if I played the game, but it's just some weird folk music, I guess. It's generic fucking folk music. And in the game, it's just like, oh, you guys hear the wind and the dust and the clopping of the horse and then some, yeah, some ambient string. It's much closer to like what Breath of the Wild did, where the soundtrack was not at the forefront whatsoever. Yeah, it was weird when they had the the guys sitting up there with the coconut shells banging them together for clip clops. I can't. I'm trying to. How would I'm doing I, a bit. You can't that see was my a hands. lie. I mean, no, I know, I'm, you can't see my hands. <laughs> I was sitting here trying to figure out how to clip clop with my hands, but my hands are below the thing. So I just look like I was. Oh, you know what you do? You know what you do? Oh shit! I got. I need my knee. I need gotta my do the, knee. Gotta do the lap. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm in the game. I just rocked you, bro. I got rocked, bro. Damn, dude. All right. So okay, soundtrack fine. Again, who gives a shit? Red Dead again. I was so pissed at this point. Best sound design. We both picked God of War. Because all the, the 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 crunchies and the and the cracks and the the juicy and the gooey. Ah, but Red Dead won again. How does it win best sound design and best soundtrack? Sound design was a weird one. I I, I picked God of War because it is like that was a good sounding game. All like the UI elements and like the sound of the Kratos' axe and all that. But I don't so know. So visceral. Up, they they filled the category with a bunch of just random kind of chaff. Like they had like Call of Duty in there. No one's gonna vote for Call of Duty. Come on. That's true. Best performance. You pick Chris Judge. I pick Yuri. For Spidey, and of course, Red Dead took it for Arthur Morgan's performance. I, I can't, I've never even heard the guy talk, so I can't speak to that. So, okay, he I'm sure. when he accepted the uh, award, and I've also heard him talk in the game. And boy, he sure does sound like a cowboy. <laughs> That's the guy. There he is. Yeehaw. The next one we both got right. I'm finally back on the board for my third point. At, at this point, you're beating me one, two, three, four, five, five to three. Not bad. Not bad so far. Okay, I not have bad, not too bad. There's a hope that you're paying for my Thai food, buddy. There's a chance. Well, you had no chance if we went in the order that the awards were actually given out. That's true. By by the four, by the fifth, fourth or fifth 
it was like, well, good game, buddy. <laughs> like, I'm glad we enjoyed that meal together. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, best indie, Celeste, cool. Definitely took it home. I would say it's interesting to me that this got, got so much praise because it seems really like another, just another indie game. It didn't do anything particularly interesting. It was like, all right, this is an indie game with its own aesthetic and like we get 10 of these amazing indies every year that we that blows up for a minute but this one's stuck so i'm waiting for the physical release before i buy it and i play it myself but i will give you my impressions then but from everyone i've talked to about it and everything i've heard about it, it seems like a very tight platformer that has good pacing and it introduces new elements at a good clip and then also on top of it being a good platformer it also has a good story slash message of going through depression and that kind of stuff, which is, you know, good to talk about, good to have that kind of narrative focus, I guess. doesn't seem like a very high stakes kind of thing to say like, oh yeah, it's okay to be depressed yeah. and you can do it. And you also can do it. <laughs> the totally cynical part of me also thinks that because they had a really robust customizability in its easy mode, that a lot more people could play it so that means a lot more people could finish it and have opinions on it. Opinions? Opinions. How dare you? Opinions. Unacceptable. Open yawns. Best mobile game, Fortnite. We both picked Fortnite thinking because that game was so massive that it would, of course, take it. But Florence won. Never heard of the game. Never seen a lick of it. Yeah, it's a cute art style kind of game about uh, a relationship falling apart. Hmm. Boy, I know those feels. So if you're ever feeling like experiencing that, it's cheap in like 45 minutes or whatever. Uh, I prefer my heartbreak to be a little more visceral, okay? A little more real visceral. Best VR, you picked Astrobot. I picked Beat Saber. You, of course, won, as you pointed out. <laughs> Are you fucking seal? Or, or that was like the the fourth or fifth one that I got too, and you're just like, well, I don't think I could possibly come back. From I was this. so fucking pissed, dude. I was so fucking pissed. Best action game was Dead Cells, and I think you kind of talked me into this one. And I didn't really think it was gonna win, but at this point in our list, I was like, ah, honestly, I shouldn't have. What we should have done is we should have made our picks and then made our explanations because there were some of these that I literally convinced you to change your mind. Yeah, and this is one of those that I convinced you. And I shouldn't have convinced you. I should have just said Dead Cells because I don't know. Yeah. But that's not a good that's not a good podcast. <laughs> Best action, yeah, Dead Cells. Best action adventure, God of War one. You picked it. I picked Spider Man. Game of the Year is gonna win its category. Yeah. You, you can't you can't you can't argue with it. Like, yeah, it's an action adventure game. Yeah, okay. It wins. Okay. Best RPG, I picked Dragon Quest, because you know, that's like an RPG in a traditional sense. Monster Hunter World One. The weird open world monster hunting game. One best RPG, okay. Kind of kind of open. Yeah, my main reasoning behind it was, well, main reasonings was I really liked it. It's my favorite of these games that I've played this year. And it's the only one of these that was nominated for the game of the year. Yeah. So I just used my deductive reasoning. Right. Best fighting game, Dragon Ball Fighters, we both, we both got, of course. Easy. Best family game. This was a shock. We both picked Mario Party. Overcooked 2-1. Yeah, weird. Really weird, especially considering like the difficulty and the like the small scale. Like I don't know, best family game eh, seems like a seems like a stretch. I mean, good for them. I love Overcooked. Yeah, it's iffy, but I totally accept it. Overcooked, which, which we still haven't played together. You fucking fuck. At this point, it's a principled stance. No, you said you would play two. You said you wouldn't play the first one, but you would play the second one when it came out. 
Because the first one was a principal stance. EJ, you know what? It's on record. I'll have you know. I say a lot of things. Filthy, filthy liar. Best strategy game. I pick Valkyria Chronicles because that's a big title and everyone loves it, right? Into the Breach one, the weird indie game that just came out on Switch like a fucking, I don't know, two months ago. And it won, and you won. And at this point, like, fuck you. Literally every single one I got right, you also got right. I got, that's bullshit. You're just right on my coattails. Uh, best sports game, Forza. Yeah, we picked just the biggest name there. Best sports game is the racing game. Well, it's best sports slash racing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, best multiplayer, Fortnite, of course. We both got right. And best debut indie, I picked Donut Country. Country, yep. <laughs> Sorry, Donkey Kong <laughs> County. And uh, it was The Messenger, which you which you got. So, yeah, yeah that's 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 the game awards. That was the, that was the fan voted one. So I was that was the one I was the most kind of unsure about. Yeah. Uh, let me close this and pull up my list of some of the announcements. We can kind of blaze through these if you want. Because there's a lot of stuff we just didn't give a fuck about. Um, yeah. The biggest announcements, I think... Mortal Kombat 11. Yeah, MK11. the biggest announcement. Dude, that trailer... I thought it was not going to be as gory and gnarly as it was because the platform and like the, just the nature and how many people are streaming to and presumably children and stuff. And so at first I was like, all right, it's going to be them fighting. They're going to, they're going to get a good crack in. You're going to see a fucking icy Hadouken and shit. Cool. Bro, they went full Mortal Kombat. That shit, he fucking ripped his fucking face off and put the shit through his spine. It was full Mortal Kombat, man. And I was shocked that they would do that with this sort of platform. As soon as I saw Ed Boon come on stage to, I think he was announcing the best like sports title or whatever. And he just comes out. I'm like, Oh, we're going to see Mortal Kombat 11. That's cool. Yeah. But yeah, they, they went full brutal. They went full Mortal Kombat. Like he said, and they kind of buried this. They didn't, they didn't stay, say platforms, but it's also coming to switch. Yeah. Which may, makes me wonder about the possibility of a Mortal Kombat character in smash. Dude. Uh, there's so many characters I want before a fucking Mortal Kombat character. You know? It would just be really interesting considering the history of Mortal Kombat on Nintendo platforms. Dude, what if we get a Mortal Kombat character and one of the alternate costumes has green blood? <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah, that'd be good. That'd be you sick. Know? Stuff like that. And Sakurai oh, seems like he, he appreciates other fighting games, so he obviously really wanted to get Ryu in there. Got Ryu in there. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw like a Tekken character as one of the DLC characters get like Heihachi. That'd be fucking dumb. Or something. That's- Come get on. King, get like one of the get the bear. Nah, that's fucking stupid. Come on. Well, he said that he had Nintendo picked the DLC fighters. Yeah. So he True. he he was removed from that. But we got another Smash Fighter announcement at the Game Awards, which was interesting to me. We got we got Joker from Persona Five announced. That was interesting. Very surprising. I didn't see it coming. Not at and all. And it's I should have because the the first okay. So you watch the trailer from the Game Awards. Yeah. First thing that pops up, you get the red Nintendo, then like the red for Atlas, and you see the Persona logo. But then the bottom left, you see rated E10 and up. Mm. And I don't think that's an E10 game. I think that's a, a T game mm. or an M game. Yeah. Because there's some sexy stuff going on in that game. So that should have been my first hint. But then it just keeps going. I'm like, oh, we're just getting a Persona 5 like port, port. switch. We're going to yeah. get the Persona 5 like complete edition or whatever. But no, flips that, that envelope around. I'm like, this is really weird. This is really cool. This is crazy. I was on the phone during this moment. And so I was kind of half paying attention and I didn't recognize like, I've never, I don't know shit about Persona. So I didn't know that that was Persona until you said something afterward. I was like, oh, okay. Because when they, he flipped the car around, I was like, who's this fucking guy in my Smash Bros? Where's Crash? Where's Goku? <laughs> what the fuck is this? Where's Shrek? Yeah, no shit. But no, it's cool because Persona is like such a, a massive 
franchise. It's only gotten bigger. It's really had like a really good year last year. Yeah. And the weird thing though is like Cloud and similar kind of to Bayonetta, there hasn't really been a Persona game on a Nintendo console. Nintendo has had the Shin Megami Tensei series, which Persona is a spinoff of, but Persona has always been on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And then we get like the weird Persona spinoff fighting games or like the dungeon crawlers on like 3DS. Yeah. Because Atlas is one of those companies that loves the 3DS and will probably keep making games for it until 2020. Right. But seeing this character from a game, they made no like statement about it coming to Switch. It like, will though. That's that's not a guarantee though. I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest if it never does. That would be weird for this character who's in this game that is not on this platform. That's weird. I don't know. Cloud came to Smash on Wii U, but we're only getting Final Fantasy VII as like a weird port next year on Switch. So like it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that is true. Same with Ryu. We didn't get uh, Street Fighter Four or Five on Wii U. But Ryu has a history on the on the on the console. But Cloud doesn't. So you're right. That that's precedent right there. I'm going through the list here. There's a bunch of just really like okay, new map and PUBG, new new Fortnite, this and that. We got a date for Rage Two. I thought we had like a a date before that though. Was that actually news? I'm not sure. I thought it was like first half of 2019 in general. We just know now that it's May 19, so I don't know if if that was out there before. Or... We had that weird Far Cry game announced, which I still don't know. Is that a is that a battle royale or is it just a weird? I thought it was because they showed like a bunch of vehicles, but that's just how Far Cry kind of looks. I so yeah. I think it's just like a uh, Far Cry Primal kind of situation where they took the map and like spruced it up and changed it up and added a new story so they could sell it again for 40 to $60. Wait, that wasn't DLC? No, it's a new game. Oh, yeah. Okay. Whatever. Ubisoft. What the fuck? Coming ever? out on the, the, the very busy month of February and February 15th. It's very interesting. Yeah. Psychonauts got a trailer. I don't know anything about the game, but I remember when it got announced, you were excited. Wait, which one was this? Psychonauts 2. Oh, yeah, Psychonauts 2. Yeah, I saw a little trailer. They said 2019. So I wasn't like, I'm not like pumped about that. I'm like, okay, cool. So we have a year now because that was like a fig-backed game in like 2015 or something. 2014. They've been working on it for a long time. Stranger Things Season 3, those guys came out and announced that Season 3 is getting its own game. Yeah, kind of weird like pixel art kind of. Yeah. It looked like one of the worst uh, Devolver games. Oh, okay. See, this is vague, vague pictures in my brain. Um, survived by from Human Head Studios. Boy, Human Head hasn't done anything good in a long time. Um, survived by. Hmm. Oh yeah, the the fucking that that was a that was a fun little trailer with the little knight who comes out and then he dies right as the narrator is getting to the good stuff. Oh yeah, that that game looked pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, the game didn't. I've look... seen a hundred. I've seen a hundred of those games on Steam. Oh yeah. And they all have done it better. It's a roguelike twin stick shooter that are just really cheap pixel art. Yeah. Bad particle effects. The trailer was good, though. It was it was humorous, you know? Yeah, it's fine. Wasn't there a game trailer that was like, the CG trailer showed no gameplay, and then it was like, here's the game director. They used their ex-Bungie. There's like 10 of them. It's their first game. But we know nothing about it, I guess. And it'll come out eventually. I don't re- recall. We'll I get there. I not what that game was called. Um, we're getting from the team that brought you Abzu. From the team that brought you Journey. You're getting... Pathfinder did look pretty cool, actually. The same. It's called The Pathless? Or The Pathless, excuse the Pathless. me. It looks like the same fucking game. It looks like the same shit, bro. Yeah, but you're like running, oh. you know, like quickly. Oh. As opposed to just sort of like floating around in your weird scarf and cooing at people. Cooing. That's that's the word for it. 
Uh, Bioware teased a new Dragon Age game, which we, it was, you know, that was all rumored and well and good. And okay, new Dragon Age game we'll play in 2026. Cool. We got a, 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 a CG render that spun around and someone said some words. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. What an announcement. Wow. A hashtag. Uh, we're getting Ashen, which is the indie, uh, the Dark Souls of the indie world, presumably. They've been showing that for a long time, but what's weird is. There was a Steam page set up for this game, and I believe the Steam page is still up, but now it is a Epic Games exclusive on PC. That's crazy. Which is weird, because it's also an Xbox exclusive on console, and in the past, what that means is you'd get like a cross-buy, like the Game game Anywhere program thing that they do, but that is not the case here, because it is exclusively on the Epic Games Store. Mm. It's weird. All right. Journey is coming to PC. Also a weird kind of montage announcement kind of dropped on there to the epic Games store which i wonder if that means that it'll be ported to other consoles if there was like an exclusivity window on playstation what that means the guys from arc survival evolved they are making a big old pirate game yeah its map is 1200 times the size of the arc map whatever i guess whatever that's a lot you know what this will be great it'll be the first ever Pirate boat game. Uh, I've never actually. I've never seen a game that's very unique. This is very. I'm kind of shown the space. Yeah, right. This is way to really inject some, you know, some creativity into this. Into this. Uh, now, if only industry. it was a Bottle Royale. A bo- <laughs> You've been waiting to drop that one, you fucker. A Bottle Royale. That's actually new. Pirate games, Battle Royale, just free for all. Throw them together. See who comes out the winner. Beautiful. The last campfire. Yeah, that was a weird little. Nothing trailer. There were so many indies that were shown at this event that I was like, hey, look, it's the indie game. Yep. That indie game look. They all look the same. Come on. Or like weird generic shit from bigger developers that you're like, ah, bro, what are you guys doing with all that money? Is that a bald guy with some five o'clock shadow? Right. Uh, The Outer Worlds by Obsidian. Like, all right, that's a generic looking thing that you guys are doing. like a Fallout game in space. Oh, boy. Here we go. It's Bioshock, but... The people look worse. Well, that's a, that was exactly what I thought when I saw it. I was like, this is Bioshock. And I'm like, that's not Bioshock. And then like 30 seconds in the trailer, you're like, yep, that's Bioshock. <laughs> it's pretty Bioshocky. They kind of lean into the Art Deco 1950s kind of vibe. But yeah. I mean, Fallout does that too. People were eating that shit up in like 2007. Yeah. This you know? is a little late, Obsidian. A little late. Ah, I mean, at the same time, people who wanted a Fallout game were not satisfied this year. So maybe next year they'll get what they want. Yeah. Uh, Dauntless. Right, yeah, we saw that uh, either last year's as its like announcement, either last year or the year before, but this year it is like, hey, check it out, it's coming to consoles, I guess. Early access maybe still. Yeah. I don't know. Anthem got a story trailer and they, they made this big deal about how we didn't we didn't want to just let let people hang and we really wanted to bring him into the world and show that there's you know whatever. I didn't I don't remember a single thing from this trailer. No, yeah, it's just like people talking about things and like they're definitely biting the bungee style of talking about capital letter pronouns. This is the name of the thing that's happening, and these are the names of the enemies that are attacking us, and this is the name <laughs> of our suits that we're attacking the back with, and with the power of the thing that we're talking about, the thing is going to be different. Anthem. Anthem. Yeah. <laughs> that's great, dude. That's exactly it. You fucking just nailed it. That's that's more than I remember from it, Nick. That's how, again, that's how fucking forgettable it was. It was just, I've seen this before. Yeah. Is the game going to play well? Because- Destiny was generic. That's what we saw in like 2013 when Destiny was first announced. Yeah. Like, wow, this is so cool. 
shooting dudes in space. We haven't done this since Halo. Well, that's the thing, though. That was people like, oh, this is the Halo team. They bought us the best games ever. They're doing their own thing now. This is going to be great. People didn't know better. Cool, they had like PVE multiplayer. Right. You know, this is before they've been duped by Destiny and Destiny 2 and The Division and, you know, whatever. These types of games. And but here we are doing it again with the space shooter. And, eh, whatever. We'll see if it's okay. I, I don't have any hope in that team. Um, Ancestors of the Human Kind Odyssey. Really weird looking game. That game continues to look weird and gross and gross. intriguing. Yeah, I'll, It's a I'll bad play. looking game. It is, is considerably awful considering who it's coming from. Yeah. Like it is a really gross game and I can approve it because it's like we don't want the watered down get the same trash shoveled out every year. We want innovation and weird crap. Okay. It's weird. And Ubisoft is dedicated to that MO. Yeah. And I approve of it. Doesn't mean I'll play it, but I I, I love the sentiment. I'll play it, dude. I'll play it. It's fucking just weird enough that it's like you pick this game up for You want to be that bucks. monkey man. Dude, it's just it's one of those things where like it's gonna take off. It's just gonna be a big Twitch game. It's just gonna be weird and bad, but good enough that there's going to be some weird zeitgeist that we're going to want to be a part of because of the weird monkey man. So I, I, I am curious. If this is a $60 game, count me out. Like No Man's Sky was one of those games. At least No Man's Sky went on sale pretty quick. And I feel like this game is going to be on sale pretty quick after it comes out, if it comes out at 60 100%. It better not come out at 60 It'd be ridiculous. It reminds me of Spore mixed with Journey to the West. What's that game, um, e- Evo, on the Super Nintendo? Well, you're like, you're like growing organisms and evolving them through the ages until they're like sentient beings. Evo Search for Eden. There's a game on uh, Steam that's called Evo Land that's like you start out 8-bit, then you keep playing and it turns 16-bit and 32-bit. That's a fucking cool concept. But, but that might just be a reference to Evo, that, if that's a real game that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. It's like know. the Search for Eden or something. Yeah, it's actually, it's one of the much, much rarer and expensive titles on Super Nintendo. It's really weird concept. Well, yeah, you're like... You go through and, and you're just evolving. It's weird, man. You should check it out. They just get like a limited release in Europe or something. It's like Terranigma. Where no one no, actually likes no. it, but because it's rare in an RPG, that's like, oh, wow. Yeah, People like Terranigma. This. That was the sequel to uh, Illusion of Gaia. Um, Hades. Yeah, another super giant game. Out on the Epic Game Store. And it's out. It's out right now. It, it launched early access, which is interesting because they haven't done early access before. But uh, did you ever play... Do you ever play Bastion or Transistor? I play or? Transistor. That's why I said, this is Transistor. You're like, no, it's fucking not, you idiot. And I was like, it is. It's just Transistor, but faster. Well, it's, it's an action Transistor game. if Transistor was an action game. Well, it's Transistor, yeah, if you could use more than one button in Transistor. But it's essentially looks identical. The combat. Yeah, dude, it's like, it's like Guacamelee if Guacamelee was like Zelda. Literally, if the gameplay or if, if everything looks the same, it's just your input is different. Like, how different is it? Completely different. Like it's different between Mario and Zelda. That that's totally different. You're doing completely different things. Exactly. I don't know, man. If you're in the, in this, you're just walking around, killing things, and it's this weird foe. Like I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's 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 different, I guess, because it's a roguelite dungeon crawling sort of thing. But it just it just looks like they're aping their own shit. You can't ape your own thing. That's just your style. Just the way the way the, the character dashes and maneuvers and attacks the enemies. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Fuck, it's just like that. Just, it just like, looks like Transistor. It's like saying Bloodborne is a Dark Souls ripoff. It's made by the same people. Well, I mean, yeah, fair. I'm not saying it's a ripoff. I'm just saying, it's like, ah, oh, that looks like something I've, I've seen before. You said aping, and that's got a negative connotation to it. Okay, right? sorry. What's the difference between ape and bite? Biting is worse. I is think. it? But Aping it's very sounds similar. worse. Yeah, well, <laughs> 
<gasps> yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. I guess it depends on the context. Like if you're saying, dude, stop biting my style. It's more of a, I guess it's more of a casual thing where it's like if you're talking about, oh, yes, this person is aping the other person's style. It's like biting seems more them. personal, you know? Yeah, biting, you got robbed. Biting seems less, less harsh, I guess. Aping is like, oh, dude. Like that dude aped your style. Like he came and beat you up and took your clothes and now he's... Yeah, maybe aping is a like trying to copy someone's style but doing it poorly and biting is taking their style whole cloth but like not like saying that they took it. They, they act like they came up with it themselves maybe. Okay, okay. Maybe that's the difference. So can we establish that as the as the the canon for aping and biting? I need to, I need to I need to do some research into this. But it's like Blizzard. Blizzard bites. They steal everything yes. and then act like they do it, <laughs> did it themselves. But they succeed the most with, with they, the things they bite. Yeah. So maybe that's aping. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they didn't they didn't come up with the hero shooter. They totally bit uh, Valve from Team Fortress and just made a, a Pixar cartoony one. Yeah, they made and a, then every other one after that was totally unsuccessful. Yeah. Next announcement here, buddy. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Out of nowhere. Switch exclusive. Completely unheard of. Like, what? We got a Nintendo published game of a Marvel franchise being made by Team Ninja. Dude. The Koei Tecmo team behind Bizarre. Metroid Other M and Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, weird. So hopefully it's a really good weird. game. Hopefully it's a good game. They got the IP. You got the property. Now do it justice. And you know, it's basically Diablo. Marvel Ultimate Lines is fucking Diablo with Marvel characters. Less of like the loot loop, but like similar perspective and gameplay. Cool, man. I'm about this. The graphics look like shit. It looks like an old game. And I'm sure the bones of it are. And I wonder but. if the perspective will be how they showed it in the trailer or if that was just pulled in so you could see who the characters were or if it's going to be pulled back so you have the similar kind of style to the older games. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's very interesting also to see a game in the current year that has all the X-Men, all of the Guardians of the Galaxy, all the Avengers. Like just, it's got everyone. Yeah. It's got Thanos. I don't know if we saw like Doom or Fantastic Four people, but we saw Wolverine. We saw Spider-Man. We saw Captain America. We can't see those characters on screen together. Right. Well, this is crazy how the way pop culture is sort of twisted and evolved. We're like, those are comic book characters. Those are cartoon characters. We're used to seeing them all together. But in the last 10 years, the MCU has done something so unprecedented and created this monolith of a, of a entertainment, really a whole industry in and of itself. Like the superhero genre is like its own industry. And that's become the norm. And when we think of these comic book characters, I don't think of them as comic book characters first. In most instances, I think of them as like these characters, yes, but they're from the movies. And so it's yeah, super weird to be like, why is Wolverine with Captain America? That's fucking, that's not how that works. But it's exactly how it works. Because you're so used to not only the MCU being such a big thing, but the things that are like out of the MCU, like all the Fox properties and the Sony properties. Yeah. Like it was so surprising. I mean, we all knew what's happening. We saw the trailers and everything, but it was still really surprising seeing Spider-Man interact with Captain America yeah. in, a, in a Civil War. Like that was like still a weird, cool moment. Yeah. So I'm hoping that the goodwill carries through past this property and into future properties like Square Enix's Avengers project. Fingers or maybe even crossed. In a few years, like the next uh, wave of MCU movies, once they have Fox and we all live under Disney's giant white gloved thumb. Too late. Typhoon Studios debuts uh, Journey to the Savage Planet. We got a weird trailer for that. It looks like uh, Fallout in space. That's what I got from that. I'm not sure what you're talking about. Journey to the Savage Planet, bro. Do I need to link I don't you? You say Fallout in space, and I just think of Outer Worlds. Yeah, this this one is like 
the trailer is like uh, there's an alarm going off in the spaceship. They've crash landed, and the camera pops out past a little banana. You made a comment about Diddy Kong or something, uh, and then there's like a little briefcase next to the fucking spaceman unconscious on the ground. Welcome to Alpha Centauri. Is that the one where there was literally no gameplay? It was just that CG trailer that just paid CG way too much trailer. money for? Yep. Okay. Yep. So that's the one that's ex Bungie folks then. Um, Far Cry and Assassin's Creed series designer. Okay. So that's the Ubisoft like one. Because there's ex Ubisoft one and then there's also an ex Bungie one out of Seattle. Yeah. I must see that one. These are probably Canadian folks. Stanley Parable got a hilarious little trailer. Very self aware. Good on him. That was, that was well paced. I mean, it's hard to do funny, right? But they. They, they seem to always get it right. Well, they, were, they were talking about how, like, talking about ripping us off by putting out the same game. Yeah, and saying that they uh, they were praised for, like, best narrative, but they then showed all the game of the year discussions <laughs> talking about Last of Us. Yeah. And they said, oh, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get a port, and then we can, maybe we'll get better discussions next year. And then it's like, oh, I hope Last of Us Part 2 doesn't come out next year. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, really funny. Very really good. good. Yeah. Good on them, like you said. And the last thing on here, oh, uh, Among Trees. The survival adventure game. You remember that? Pretty nice aesthetic. It kind of looked, kind of had an Ori vibe, kind of Firewatchy. Gosh, what a nothing name. Yeah, you're you're just in the woods and you're trying to survive by crafting things and growing crops. Is that not uh, talking about like pre-show announcements? Because remember there was one called Cyanara Wild Hearts. Well, that's that's the last one. Is the fucking switch? Yeah, the switch one is Sign of Wild Hearts. That trailer was crazy. It almost made me want to play it. Yeah, it was super bright. It seems like a weird kind of combination rhythm game and action game. Yeah, I don't know. It was very. It was. It looks like an indie game, but it doesn't look like every other indie game, which is already a, a plus one in my book. Yeah, it looks pretty, and I like weird little crafty survival like light games. I'm okay with that. So that's pretty much it for major announcements. What were some of your or what was your favorite moment when it comes to all the weird ancillary stuff, whether it was performances or whether it was like speeches or, or Chris judge dropping the boy on stage. That was, that was really good. That was really that was earned. Nice. It just made me more bummed that the, that he didn't win uh, best performance. Yeah. That would have been nice. That would have been really nice. That fucking crazy ass suit he was wearing. Yeah, man. He was looking fly as hell. Yeah. Super stoked just to see him. And he's giant, especially compared to that little kid that was up there with them at Atreus. <laughs> I gotta tell you, man, this little kid looks like such an old man. The squinty little <laughs> eyes, the big fucking schnoz. He just looks like, a, and he's got like, he looks gummy, just, eh, I'm a boy. He used to like push his chin out and like purse his lips, then he would just look like the dude from Up. <laughs> he looked like a real fucking Popeye if he did that. <laughs> that was a good moment. For sure. Yeah, that was that was definitely a good moment. For me, I feel like I don't remember as much from last year, but I felt it was like it was more impactful. I think mostly because the musical performance was something that I was more interested in. And then the medley of music from the games I was more interested in as well. Sure. And music, you know, obviously I'm a huge music nerd, so that has a lot of sway over me. And then I don't know, it seemed like there was a lot less awards actually presented than accepted on stage this year than it was last year yeah i feel like there was maybe like six or seven that actually had people come up and be like yo thanks i'm gonna be a person up here for a little bit and be overwhelmed yeah which is like cool that's the kind of stuff i like that's the human moments that i like as opposed to a bunch of trailers for games that i i like the trailers i like the presentation for that i'm into that yeah but a lot of these games i wasn't super excited about 
that were being shown for the future. So I feel like it was kind of middling both in the appreciation of the industry aspect and then also the what are we looking forward to in 2019 aspect. I think this was uh, this problem is twofold. One, you need you need to find a balance between the award ceremony itself and the fucking commercials. It felt like and it was three and a half hours long. Yeah, it felt like an 80-20 split. I felt like all I was watching was Jeff Keeley talking about the next announcement and then seeing the next announcement. World premiere. Like it got old pretty quick. How did we forget this? Crash team racing. Oh, I know. I skipped right over it. Yeah, that that was rumored, uh, and we're getting it. Cool, great, uh, and good. Coming to all platforms, but then now there's yeah, rumor about it that. being delayed on Switch. And, uh, who knows? Who knows what happens? Oh, knows? Always in flux. Yeah, but, but yeah, that was probably the thing that I actually look forward to the most for next year. Yeah. Maybe Ultimate Alliance. I'll check that out, but I'm not like traditionally super into those three quarters view, top down action kind of games. So sure. I'll have to wait till reviews, maybe, but. Crashing Racing, I never got to play. People seem to really like the single-player adventure mode, and they think it's one of the best not Mario Kart Mario Karts. It's the only other good Mario Kart, not Mario Kart. And I think there's there's absolutely space for another kart racer. We get a Mario Kart right. game every fucking half decade. Like, yeah, give me more. I'm right. totally okay with that. Yes. Uh, and, and, and Mario Kart, or kart racers, are one of those few multiplayer games that are still really, really fun to play solo. And yeah. we're not going to have probably too much time to talk Smash Bros. We'll do probably an in-depth Smash Bros. pod before the end of the year. But the thing about Smash Bros. that I found is that it's just, I have zero drive to play that without my friends with me. Right. Almost none. But but Mario Kart, I fucking triple start every goddamn level on every speed it's in that game. It's a lot easier to balance AI in a racing game where your only actions are move forward and turn and then use items. Yeah. That, that's three things that you're balancing pretty much. And yeah. the courses themselves make sure they're not broken. But 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 back to what I was saying about how you know this problem is sort of twofold. Where one is, it felt like an eighty twenty split. It was all commercials and then just a few moments on stage as an award ceremony, and that that they got to fix that. Especially since they're they're he's renting this giant space, he's doing this huge video wall and these pyrotechnics and doing live performances of like. There's like four or five like musical acts if you think about it. Like there was the orchestra playing uh, a medley of music for best soundtrack. You had the medley for the best game. You had that weird musical performance of Devil Trigger from Devil May Cry Five. That I was that like was whatever. Weird. I'm not into this. But I mean, if you're not into it, then you're not into it. Yeah. But they've got all this like things going on on stage. But then half of it, you're just cutting to a feed of just a a video package. And not yeah. even all of them were new videos. They're like. Here's a commercial for PlayStation. Here's a commercial for Fortnite. Here's a commercial for like interspersed, like intermingling with the rest of the announcements and stuff. So I was like, it's really weird. Shouldn't have been three and a half hours. It needs to be like two hours tops. Absolutely. But the other part of this equation here is that they they made such a big fucking stink going into it about we're going to have 11 fucking world premieres. Like give me three world premieres, but make them good. Right. Like I don't give a fuck about all these random indie fucking like I don't give a shit. This is something that you show at the end of a Nintendo Direct or that you show at the end, a montage at the end of an E3 trailer. You don't fucking world premiere my ass or we're all locked into this three-hour event and show me this fucking boring-ass indie game you've seen a thousand times. Like, Yeah, make a sizzle reel for the pre-show. I mean, that's if you're going to do a pre-show, make that where those things live. Right. And obviously, this isn't Jeff Keighley's fault. Like, you can only get what you get. And and obviously, yeah. you know, we saw, we saw the three, the big three on stage together. That was a really cool moment, actually. That's probably the coolest moment of the entire event. Yeah. Was seeing Reggie hanging out with Sean Layden and 
uh, Phil Spencer. Like yeah. just three CEOs staying on stage saying, hey, we're all gamers. This is a cool thing. Let's just stand back and appreciate this for a moment. That was really nice. They all stood up on stage awkwardly thinking to themselves, I'm really rich, but I'll be a lot richer if I can just force a smile for the next 30 seconds. I'm sure those guys like each other fine. It's, you know, they are just a bunch of big fucking dweebs. Yeah. And like you can be competitive with someone and still be like friendly. It's not like they're going to pile drive each other off the stage. I, well, maybe Reggie might. That'd be fun. I'd pay for that. Now, Reggie seems like a calm guy. Can you imagine going to a wrestling event and seeing those three dudes just hop in the ring wearing like cool ass leotards and stuff? Oh, dude. One of them's definitely going to have little man syndrome. But Reggie seems like the guy, the big guy who's like, he's like the gentle giant. He doesn't want any trouble, but as soon as you fuck with him, he just crushes your skull with his big fucking man paws. And Phil Spencer's got a very tricky smile. I feel like he's got something up his sleeve. That wily bastard. Sean uh, Layton would be like the first one to run. Right. Right. He's got a fucking blow dart behind the curtain. Like, <laughs> like, he, he comes to him like, what happened? Who's got the blow dart? Like, put that fucking uncharted shit away, asshole. All right, Looney Tunes from 1930. Jesus. Blow darts? Come on, dude. I was going for the Uncharted thing, okay? Okay, sure, sure. Fuck off. Fuck off. Like I said earlier, the the least amount of cringe. It was mostly fine. I feel like the moment, like, it was cool that they got a a weird Muppet man. That was weird, but. But it was also really weird and bad, but it was also kind of fun. But you know, which one is it? They had to do it to him. Yeah. It can be both. Why can't it be both? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It can be both. It's both. I don't give a fuck about the musical performances, man. After the Doom performance a couple years ago, we just had this fucking, the composer up there on his fucking seven string, just genting away with that weird, awkward drummer langling around from fucking periphery. Hey, such a goober on this little kid that's too small for him. But that fucking guy was so excited to be there. He's like, dude, my shit is winning shit. And I'm up here performing this fucking metal song, this crowd. And he was just running around, just fucking, he was so stoked. And I was stoked. And then so, I, okay, so I don't know if I told you, I, I think I did. When I was at your house, when when the furry goes on stage to, to rant about how he's so generous to people or whatever it was, I went to the shitter. I'm sitting on the toilet and I'm scrolling Twitter, not thinking that I could keep watching. I didn't want to anyway. I left. Strategically planned my bathroom break. You had a really good timing. You missed like all of his his speech and then all of Devil Trigger. Yeah, but so I'm on the toilet. My fucking boss calls me. He he FaceTimes me, and I normally would never ever answer the phone while I'm on the toilet, Nick. But the last time I FaceTimed him for something, he was on the toilet and he answered. So I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna answer. I'm on the toilet." Um, Embarrassingly enough, though, I was on speaker and his girlfriend was sitting next to him watching the TV. And I'm like, I'm on the shitter, bro. What do you want? <laughs> so, but he was like, are you watching this right now? And he zooms in on the TV and it's the fucking, the, the, the devil may cry, the crazy stuff. And I was like, oh shit, I got to go. And I flipped on the last little bit of it. And I was like, well, that's weird. And I turned it back off. I was like, that was weird. Then I came back out and you're like, I think I said, oh, that, that was weird. And we, we continued on with our life. I'm sure someone who is excited about that game franchise and that song in particular was like, tickled by that but since i have no sort of attachment to it at all that it was it was really nothing to me dude give me that doom eternal next year bro game awards let's do it yeah man hopefully that comes out next year fingers crossed fingers crossed that's the game awards you know it wasn't super comprehensive but we watched it we had a good time can we get a can we get a tally of how many i got right and how many you got right real quick uh yeah i can fucking do that for you thanks man i can fucking do that for you i just want to bask in my glory 
my my so rarely lived glory, you know? Hey man, get what you give, bro. All right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You doubled me up, you son of a bitch. You fucked me up good. That's what they that's what they call in sports uh, a slam dunk. They you you sports bat balled me. I sure did. You bamboozled my body. I got the I got more field goals than you. My field goal percentage was through the roof. It was with maximum. Well, no, because you still you missed a lot, but not as much as you. This is hyperbole. Oh my goodness. Well, we'll we'll come back next week or the week after, sometime in the next couple weeks. Uh, while I'm back, we're gonna play more Smash Bros together. That is yes. a given, inevitable. I've got a lot of thoughts about that game, and I but I need to spend more time with it. Anyway, Contra Crusade, dude. Chow me out of here. Bippity boppity boo. Why do you do that? That's not better than Kachow. Bippity boppity boo is weird. Kachow's not any better. No, it's not, but it became a thing, and now it's a bit. Or I'm like, Kachow me out of here. You're like, eh, the fucking.